Have you ever dated a girl that says she's not interested in money? Didn't you notice you always ended up spending more money on that girl <laughs> than, than, than the girl that straight up said she wanted cash? You've blown, you've blown my mind right now. think about it. Nah, stop it. Holy <laughs> shit. That is funny. I'm not interested in money. I just I just love you. And you like things. <laughs> and yet you're realizing wait I'm buying her phones buying her laptops taking her to dinners I'm, I'm, not intelligent from their part. I'm not giving her cash but yo I'm blowing yeah, through that, my savings that is, that, is that called misdirection well, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you yeah, cannot taking you but they're taking you <laughs> you lost some friends to think to pol- political friends yeah like people just disappear in the industry <laughs> uh i don't think so I, i i wouldn't know um because you know i just say what i say and sometimes they people get upset but then they come back because uh, we kind of have a love i have a love hate relationship with people who have opposing political views you see the thing is and in particular if you're mm, Let's say you are on the side of very much sort of anti-government. Let's say that's your thing, right? Um, even if you encounter someone, say, on social media, like that's like, you know, shitting on all over your side. Can I use that word here? Like if you encounter a guy on social media who is either um, dismissive of opposition or critical, or let's say in favor of the government or ambivalent or indifferent about it if you encounter someone like that that person is going to work you up so much you will be flo- flown into a rage that the next time that person says something that's equally i guess spicy you will not be able to help but jump react. in and <laughs> react again see because if you're a political reactionary you know, and you've been primed to be triggered by anything on the internet or what's going to happen is you're going to become addicted to the kinds of people that will constantly trigger you because you need that that high every day you know because <laughs> imagine being like a you know regime change agitator type of guy you know you're not going to want uh, the next day to be a nice quiet day where you're not arguing because you have all that re- you want you, need, yeah. you want to 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 release <laughs> that energy news. you need to, to, yeah. to vent you need to and so someone like me provides the avenue for a lot of people Uh, to be able to do that. So yeah, so they'll cuss me out, abuse me, insult me. <laughs> and then tomorrow they're going to come. <laughs> or or they will be tagging me to all their counter posts that they make on their own pages because they they want they want that interaction. They're addicted to the drama. It, there's a f- almost feminine quality to it, I must say, because if you've ever <laughs> if you've ever <laughs> if you've ever dated a woman, <laughs> you'll know that uh, there you are, the relationship is going great. You know, you just came back from a wonderful date. You had a nice time. No problems. All of a sudden, she starts an argument from somewhere. And mm-hmm. that is because women are addicted to drama. You know, peace just uh, makes them feel unsettled. <laughs> <laughs> they they, they want to constantly be in a confrontation, you know, because they, they, they need that energy. And I see, and I think when it comes to politics, it's also like that. Some people really, really need to have that confrontational sort of relationship with people because they need somewhere where that energy can be placed and you know and that's unfortunate because I'd rather that that energy be channeled into more productive activities than into getting into arguments with people on social media arguments that will last for hours and at the end of the day no minds would have been changed 
you're pissed off, you're no stressed. No one ever changes their <laughs> mind. Does that work in your favor though? The and exactly. Some of it, some of it work in your favor? And some of these people work on social yeah, media. So they need... Subjective. They yeah. need okay, that traction. Okay, so obviously for someone like me, you're, and you're right, there is a definite professional benefit to doing that. Yes. To be the constant sort of instigator, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a political issue, whether it's a gender issue or a social issue. Yeah, if you're the guy that's constantly hurling grenades out there, mm-hmm. you know, shaking tables, as they say nowadays, then obviously as a person in the media, uh, it, it, does, it does help me to, to, to be an individual that continuously maintains high engagement uh, with this audience because that's also important but also it's not something you can just do for the sake of it because at least for a lot of my audience sometimes they're not sure if i'm just saying it to say it or if i actually mean it and the fact is sometimes i do actually mean it it's just it's not always clear when it <laughs> is that i do <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes they're just saying it to say it to get a reaction yeah sometimes i just say it to say it uh, but sometimes i really mean it <laughs> but like <laughs> it's like it's like what you're talking about um how people they need that reaction from kind of like opposing views but then that kind of works against them in that they will start looking for your opinion on all sorts of matters because they they want an opposing view is that is that does it work in that way sometimes well like people are asking you for your opinion just so they can argue with you um well think of your situation at home growing up with your siblings you know didn't you ever have like a stubborn brother or sister who just find you watching a cartoon and then he just slaps you on the head and runs off mm-hmm. <laughs> because he or she is bored and wants your attention uh, and so they will constantly try to get in your face and so you know when it comes to these conversations and discussions on social media yeah eventually it gets to the point where someone will just be bored and will just have an urge to get to engage with someone that can stimulate them emotionally and, and, and mentally. And so, yeah, they, they will look for people like us. They will egg us on. They, they, they will post some insults about us or they'll tag us to posts in which they're criticizing us or, or they'll leave, you know, um, insulting comments on, on your post. Ultimately, it's mostly for attention. Uh, and, you know, I'm happy to oblige. You know, because <laughs> they they're addicted to that drug, and and so I'm the dealer. I'm the dealer. <laughs> so so I'm, ha- I'm I'm happy to provide it because ultimately, you know, as as a media professional, it's, it's what we live for. Because mm-hmm. if you're not doing that, then you're irrelevant. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Welcome back to the Radioactive Podcast, <laughs> number one podcast in Uganda and Africa. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We have Fat Boy. What's going on? Oh, what's up? Good to be here. Welcome to the Radioactive Podcast. Jesse again, Melvin. Ah, nice to meet you guys. And uh, <laughs> hey, I'm ha- enjoying the coffee in particular. <laughs> I owe you Thank for Tracy. this one. <laughs> Thank Tracy. None of these guys would take care of you. Yeah. Well, so you guys uh, have uh, like a kind of uh, online thing going on here, like a podcast type thing. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm excited because, you know, I'm also trying to make inroads or, or rather I should say I have made inroads into that frontier. Uh, you know, uncharted territory where I took radio and I decided that I wanted the internet to be my primary platform. And, you know, I had a lot of people asking me, hey, uh, why don't you get a frequency, get get an FM so that more people listen? And, you know, I just looked at the trends uh, and, and I saw that uh, over the years there'd been a continuous uh, departure of listeners and viewers from more Traditional. traditional media to, mm-hmm. to now more digital media. Uh, most people spend most of their time on social media for their entertainment. 
um, whether they're just looking at pictures, laughing at posts, and now increasingly videos. So it only makes sense to transition there. To transition there because that's where everyone is. Uh, and so, and in particular, um, because I'm pursuing a particular kind of audience also. You know, in media, uh, it, it's like a restaurant. You know, like you have to decide uh, which audience they're going to cater to and what product they're going to develop for them. Uh, and so, you know, I, I decided I want to target a, a, a mostly um, affluent, highly educated sort of professional mm-hmm. uh, you know, Ugandan constituency, you know, of people that are fairly exposed, fairly aware of the goings on of the world, uh, if you know what I mean, sort of middle class and up. And the reason I did that or I wanted to do that is because, first of all, I am personally from that background. Uh, so it's um, I can relate to it more easily. Back when I was on a traditional FM uh, format, mainstream, uh, the station I was at, you know, uh, which was Sanyo FM, you know, they uh, got to a point where they were quite eager to try to broaden the the audience and to try to reach out to the more mainstream mass market because, you know, they were concerned uh, that as all radio stations are, you know, you're looking around, you're seeing all these players in the market. Uh, and it's it's just a desperate fight for market share, you see, because that then determines what share of advertising revenue you can attract. Uh, and so, you know, I recall that, uh, you know, for example, if there were times where me and my co-hosts were sounding a bit too um, geeky or a little, mm, a, a bit too, too sophisticated, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. you know, they, 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 they'd ask down. us to tone it down a little <laughs> bit. How you know, would this conversation <laughs> go? <laughs> Does that sound like... <laughs> <laughs> they would tell you to dumb it down. You know, yeah, um, my program director might be like, hey, maybe you might want to talk about things that are more relatable to more people. See, because my, so my, by the time I left, my co-host, herself a super geek called Joe, you know, there'd be times where, I I remember we, mm. where we'd get into conversations about films and film studios and movie releases or comics and, and or anime. And, you know, <laughs> obviously that's stuff that, probably 90% of Ugandans either have little interest in or don't care about at all. It's only a small portion of people who would be interested in such a topic, right? Uh, and, and so we would need we needed to sort of steer clear of such topics and engage more in topics that were more general and accessible. You see, but then what ends up happening is that the people that are interested in those topics now don't have any radio station that caters to them. See, because they're going to flick through the dials from one station to another and to another. They all and, blend in. And yeah, it's, None of them stands they're, up. they're almost indifferent. And it almost sounds like all of them are trying to appeal to an audience of taxi drivers and hairdressers and, you know, essentially lowest common denominator. And that actually brings us something we wanted to discuss. Um, <coughs> we've been discussing it, but maybe we can put it into like a question. What do you think is the state of legacy media in Uganda right now? Like... The radio... It's, it's dying. It's, it's dying because, um, first of all, it's oversaturated. Mm-hmm. There are far too many players. And also, I don't think the market can support it. Uh, How so? By this, I mean, okay, so if you're a mainstream legacy media, you have your TV station, you have your radio station, you know, traditional broadcasts, yeah. terrestrial. Yeah. Well, you're all chasing the same few companies for advertising revenue, right? But these... Now, with the more people are that there are in in the industry it means there's more people chasing that small cake right so the slices are getting 
the advertising slices are getting thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. Because the cake still stays the same size, it's but everyone wants a, a piece. But then something even worse happened. Actually, the cake didn't stay the same size. When COVID hit, the cake got cut in half <laughs> because our businesses across the board uh, were suffering from you know massive operational costs. And so they have to reduce their is the first thing that loses budget. Yeah, yeah. And uh, these companies have been open about it. You know, the breweries they've talked about it. Hey, you know, uh, we we had to scale with the bars closed. We had to scale down production, and you know, it's affected the revenues. We're all dealing with it. Uh, and uh, in fact, I know that alcohol manufact beverage manufacturers, you know, have their association, and they've been trying to lobby the government to try and relax the restrictions in some of the bars and stuff like that. Because, I mean, they're dying, they're suffering. <laughs> so, think of this: the media, the newspapers, the radios, the TVs, all rely on those companies that have been badly affected for advertising revenue. Hmm. I have a question. So, this you you mentioned that you were transitioning to more digital media i think now of your own yeah of your own um interest when you say that uh, traditional media is dying that must that has some weight considering that you've been doing this for 20 years working in the same industry <laughs> that you're saying is dying yeah um it's i mean it's not gonna drop dead today but it's it's, 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 decline. it's in a decline what must that feel like for you this is this must be all you you've known for 20 years yeah, no, no, no. Well, I, I see an opportunity. I see a tremendous opportunity, which is why I've made this transition into the online digital space. So, and, and part of why what I'm doing uh, works, and just in case uh, the, you know, our listeners or viewers aren't aware, it's, uh, my station is called RX Radio. Um, essentially, um, what I was saying is that now, because the market is now so segmented, uh, and also advertisers, because their budgets are so, so low now, um, or drastically low, what they're trying to do is more targeted advertising. So rather than to just say cast a wide net, uh, and especially for uh, people that provide um, higher tier uh, or more specialized products or services, they want to be able to find their particular niche. niche. And say, okay, we have this service and this product, it caters to that audience where can we find it and so a lot of them have channeled their advertising money into social media which mm. does make them make it easier for them to target, to target um, a lot of a lot of their clients see and and that's part that's partly a challenge um you know if you are a small shop owner restaurant owner uh, obviously whose business has been decimated by the restrictions that have made it harder for people to come to your place uh, because what if curfew is nine o'clock? I mean, is anyone still going out for dinner? <laughs> I don't think that many people, because you know, by the time dinner is served, you know, you gotta be home. So, uh, and restaurants traditionally have always made their money in the evenings, right? Uh, so, so there you are. Uh, your income, your revenue stream is low, but you have to promote your service. What are you gonna do? Um, and so, for a lot of smaller and medium-sized businesses, the decided to rely more on social media uh, for, for their publicity. And, and, and in truth, social media does help them find the kinds of customers they want to target. And so um, what that means is the traditional media are going to find a harder time conv uh, convincing these smaller and medium-sized businesses you know, for advertising because uh, in the, as, as far as these guys are calculating, 
advertising on social media might appear to be more cost effective. So that means we in the media have to find new ways <laughs> of surviving. And and that that brings me to okay, there's something else I wanted to discuss. Um I understand that okay, yes, it could be like advertising that could be killing the 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 radio industry and that it's too saturated. But what about like the general culture of radio? I'll give you an example. I'm a guy who really likes music. Um I like like listening to I not even like the deep cuts, just like main mainstream uh music like what's popping today. But there are very few radio stations in Uganda that are like up to date with like the tracks that are playing right now. They're always playing songs of like literally two, three years ago. And I actually had had the chance to meet a, a radio presenter. She works. Uh, bleep that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Dash. Quack. She works. <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> and she was like, apparently they they're going for like a more mainstream, um, like approach, like what you said. So they're playing songs that are proven hits. So they wait for a song to like stand the test of time. That is when they now oh play it on God. the radio. But I'm thinking, if you're doing that, so disconnected. Yeah, be, and the problem, the only problem with that is there are so many options these days in terms 2021, of... 2021, yeah. yeah the, the song so of this week isn't the song of next week. Exactly. And there's so many options in terms of you can listen to this on YouTube or mm. any of those Apple, music mm-hmm. streaming platforms. And it's almost like they don't care about this. Yeah, but you see, um, you represent a very uh, distinct uh, segment of society. You know, you're young, you're educated, you're exposed, you are you spend a lot of time on the internet. And so people like you are more familiar with the latest trends. As soon as a song drops today, you're already playing it on your streaming platform, you're sharing it with your friends, you're watching it on YouTube, right? But you're not the average person. Uh, The average person takes a while for them to even hear that new song. So by the time you're tired of that new song that's probably been out two or three weeks, you know, uh, the average person hasn't even heard that song yet. That the average person is going to hear that song maybe in two months' time when because he's yeah. when because he's listening to it on the radio. Isn't it, isn't it the radio's duty to keep the people like up to date with like the hits? Because some of these people really say like today's best music or like yeah. the hits of today. That Yo, actually, and I'm thinking to, this is a lie. <laughs> just, <laughs> to, <laughs> just to piggyback off what you're saying, on Sanyu, I'm sh- I think it was Sanyu. Sanyu has a show called Hot Eight at Eight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there used to be yeah. a guy on that show called Keith. Yeah, the American yeah. guy. Yo, Keith used to, Keith oh. used to bring it. I remember being in high school, and I would cut prep just to listen to what Keith is about to play because <laughs> Keith would always bring the fire. Like literally, the album. And that day that I realized that Keith had what's that? I don't even know what happened to w- Keith. Well, I think he, he he left the country, yeah. but you see. See, that show in particular is supposed to be a show about the latest songs. See, because, you know, and stations format uh, their daily schedules differently. Um, So over the course of the day, they might have a more general playlist that features a mix of the old and the new and maybe some older classics. And so they'll mix it up so that there's a little bit of something for everyone. And then they may have certain specialized shows where they can say, okay, this hour is going to be for African music. This hour is going to be for, you know, whatever. And so in that case, that's a show primarily for the the latest. And, you know, and, and as a concept, it works. Because for people like you, you know, someone who's younger and who's more in tune with what's new and what's trending, you probably want to hear 
a, a show that just has those new songs. But uh, and, and and I, unless I'm mistaken, I, I do think that uh, show has retained its uh, same format. Uh, and so that's that's what you kind of have to do. Like on my station, I have uh, a similar thing. I mean, so like over the course of the day, you know, I mix it up. Uh, with, you know, like I said, uh, some of the newer stuff, some of the older stuff, some of the stuff from a few years ago, and uh, sometimes a little further back, or also mixing up the genres, African and so forth. Now, um, I do have a, a, a countdown at 7 p.m. every day that is specifically, you know, it's, that's just the new releases. That's usually the newer releases that are trending, that are catching fire, and that people are interested in. And so, you know, and when you are formatting a, for a radio station and programming for a radio station, there's a bit of a science that goes into it. You sort of have to uh, make an estimation of what kind of people, what kind of music people are interested in, in what proportion do they want to listen to that different kinds of music. When you were straight out of, when you were, um, when you got out of Sanyu FM, what options did you consider as a job, as a thing that you're going to be pursuing as a job after? Did you consider podcasting too? Podcasting, yeah, because I see I see that you favor the radio, and that's why yeah. you started a radio station. Why? Like well, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually um, doing a bit of both, um, because um, my uh, radio station is very very podcast heavy. So I have, um, you know, the the live stream of the station that you know plays the music and plays the shows, and then I have the podcast in which I archive the segments of the shows, you know, that are hosted. You know, the spoken segments, those are archived and then can be accessed later for those who may have missed the live stream of the show or, or want to listen to it again. Uh, and so currently we have our podcast successful on, uh, on a subscription basis. This is a new development that we started uh, about a week ago. Uh, and so that's the direction we want to take. So in essence, we kind of are a podcast and a radio at, at, at the same time. And so, you know, Earlier, I was talking about how to, you know, to thrive in this changing economy, in this changing market. And I think we're going to start to see increasingly um, listener-supported media platforms um, where uh, media platforms are going to rely on their fans uh, to sustain it. So, um, like I said, traditionally, what do you do? You have a media platform and then you broadcast your stuff you try to cast as wide a net as you can, try to capture as many listeners, and then you go to the advertiser and say, hey, you know, I've got a million listeners, uh, so advertise. Or you can say, you know, maybe I'm not going to go for that huge number of listeners. Maybe I want to go for a very specialized, very targeted audience. They may be few, but I understand them, I know them, I relate with them, and... Let's say, at least in my case, the people I target are from a segment that has a relatively high purchasing power, which means I can go to an advertiser and say, hey, um, my listeners have are, a conversion rate of this. Yeah, a conversion rate of this and the purchasing power of this. And so we are very clear about who you're targeting. You are very clear about who you're targeting should you choose to advertise with us. That's one aspect of it. And the other aspect is then um, we can offer premium services, in which case are the, my podcasts, which then those who uh, like the station and wish to support it uh, can do so through a subscription. subscription. Yeah. And so that, that allows uh, for a, 
uh, I think, a media platform to be resilient uh, in a tough economy. Two revenue streams. Two revenue streams. Now, I'm super interested in business and the radio, the re- how radios monetize has always been kind of vague to me. I know that they make money through advertising, but how can radio stations of the size that we have here in Uganda, like XFM or whatever, keep running like that? Because how can just advertisements, those shout-outs that you guys do on the radio, how can that pay for everyone's salaries, pay for <laughs> running costs? How is that possible? Okay, so, I mean, if you look at how the... Because I know, I, know, I know you charge per, like, I think you charge, I think the charge is per month, and then a certain number of shout-outs in the morning, and in the evening, <laughs> sorry, mm-hmm. uh, issue. Um, a certain number of shouts in the morning, evening, and so on. How, j- is that alone able to keep the radio stations afloat? <laughs> yeah, like, how good is radio money? How good is radio how money? Is, how, how does this money work? Money. How much do people typically All right, pay? Right. So, so there, mm, there's usually more than one reason for why someone will decide to set up a radio station or buy a radio station. And it's not always um, for immediate uh, financial gain. Sometimes it's more strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have seen in recent years is like a, we have seen media empires growing where a media, it could be a newspaper, uh, primary, primarily newspaper business or maybe like a television business. And they say, okay, we want to expand. And so they'll uh, invest some of the money they're making from the other enterprises and then put that into uh, a, a radio station. So the radio uh. station need not make money immediately or ever, if need be, um, but it can be sustained by the by the wider um, empire, I should say. So so, and also the fact is that a lot of these radio stations are owned by people with deep pockets, and so a lot Agreed. of them, a lot of them aren't even breaking even. Um, I heard that you need like a license. You need a license to operate. I think, and it's like twenty five thousand dollars. What I heard. Ah, it's it's very expensive to get a broadcast license. How much is a broadcast? It's like twenty five thousand, apparently. Yeah. US. Yeah, in here in Uganda, mm-hmm. this is what I heard. Is it like you have yeah. to renew it, or it's a one time fee? <laughs> no, <laughs> it ha- it has it has to be. It's renew uh, for renewing. H- after how long? Every every year, right? Every year. I think yeah, I think Every it's year. annual. I think it's annual, and also, um, obviously, if you're doing terrestrial radio, like uh, the setup costs are quite uh, insane. Insane, right? Uh, so it it can be a challenge. Now, just back to the question of 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 the money. Mm. The fact is, only uh, probably only a handful of radio stations make any profit this industry probably a handful uh and a a lot of them you know are owned like i said by people with deep pockets who might be owning these radio stations more for strategic reasons it could Mm. be just a form of diversifying their portfolio product advertising their business on their radio you know so hey i'm i'm this amazing newspaper uh i own a tv we own a television station we own a radio Mm. station as well so we bring you this uh, or a media group <laughs> of a company. Right, right, right. You have something like that. Or in some cases, and particularly for the upcountry um, stations, I mean, these are mostly owned by politicians. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, they use uh, these stations like for propaganda and stuff like that and carrying favor and uh, things like that. And, you know, if you go to a lot of these radio stations, you know, you're going to find people who haven't been paid in months and it's just uh, it's not in a very uh, good shape. But also, I think that the way they monetize is too one-dimensional. Like, I like what you did with a subscription. That's a, that's new. 
And uh, yeah. that's new and a, rec- a recurring source of income. So every month yeah. you can expect that. Yeah. And then um, people could do stuff like make their own product for the station. So that their hardcore fans can support them through that as well. So like merchandise. Um, yeah, you can do that. Um, producing merchandise, t-shirts, caps, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. And then also, um, I've forgotten what this is called. Okay, basically the point is, I think that they're uh, monetizing too one-dimensional, and that's how the radio might lose to like new age type media internet. <laughs> yeah, because I mean they're just they're just not gonna survive. I mean, like I said, the market is already super saturated, uh, and then everyone's chasing the small few companies that are there that have the money, you know, the big corporates, mm. uh, and yet even the big corporates now because they're losing revenue due to recent uh, challenges we're facing as a country. Um, they're now shrinking their budgets or are taking most of their advertising money to social media, uh, where, frankly, they probably might get more for their money than they would on a more traditional platform, which, like I said, uh, because when you run an advertising uh, advertisement, what are you doing? You're sort of just shooting into the dark and hoping someone listens. With social media, you can clearly see. You can mm-hmm. literally track the <laughs> date. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a exactly. reason why this person has been picked for your advert. Yeah. It's because of yeah. his past <laughs> You know, on, on Facebook ads, I don't know how much you know about Facebook advertising. You can literally target the exact individual that you want. Yeah, I've ever done that. I think I, I, I did uh, pay to have some posts uh, on my page sponsored. You might have seen sponsored, sponsored posts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that Facebook uh, gives you the ability to use its algorithms to determine who it is precisely you want to see your ad who in what country age what age group what gender what they're interested in Bro, what they're what target demographic that topics thing is so broad that yeah the, the sheer amount of topics they have like you can put in like the person's interests yeah you can put like he's a <laughs> yeah. 40 year old ugandan fisher yeah mm-hmm. who part who do you, you but can the fishers like with a net with not a, a road yeah so he's likely to use these <laughs> products not those other fishing oh, products radio is able i keep asking <laughs> my friends and, and, they, and they will t- and facebook will tell you how many people have seen your ad how many clicked on the ad how, how many, many clicked did you know it also stretches to if they click and take it to a website it stretches to they can click yeah. what pages they saw <laughs> yeah what how much time they Yo. spent on those pages and what and if they abandoned it can even tell you if they press add to cart and abandoned <laughs> yeah and didn't buy <laughs> You, how radio is able to? How are you going to compete <laughs> with this? No, but what is going to stop the radios from from like entering this market as well? Because you already said a lot of them have the money. It's a matter of time before they also notice. But like they don't have just the facilities like to collect this amount of data. No, but that's what I'm listeners. saying. If they can join, join Facebook, yeah. can, oh, because that's, advertising that's what, on Facebook. That's what this Breakfast Club guys did. Mm. Their radio station just moved to the internet mm. and became syndicated. So the radio stations are probably going to join this wave as well. <laughs> what? You know, you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think they will. Yeah. There is no reason why they won't. definitely will. <laughs> We've not yeah. realized something that they haven't here. Of course, you they know. Yeah. They, they most definitely know this stuff. Yeah. But I think for now they don't think it's like big of a threat right now. And plus, I don't even like mm-hmm. I back this point. I don't think they make. M- I don't think they're interested in making that much money like that. Mm. They're always interested. You'd find that like, the Breakfast Club, like that radio station, might be like profitable. So like they're always looking for new ways to stay ahead and whatever and stuff of that. Yeah, nature. I mean, obviously, if you're in a country where the economy is much bigger, yeah. then, mm. then yeah, you're definitely going to make money. Yeah. But just when you look at Uganda, it's it's really just a handful of companies that have any significant money to spend on advertising. Really, you can count them 
in on two hands and, and probably add two feet too. They're not that many. <laughs> um, so we have a very everyone is cha- everyone is cha- everyone is going to them saying, "Hey, we're a radio station. Please advertise. Hey, we're a radio station." So these companies are looking at all these proposals and saying, eh, <laughs> <laughs> "You know, okay, we're advertising, but where's the money?" <laughs> <laughs> you get it. And so because they're directing less and less of that money, that means uh, that a lot of these media uh, businesses are going to suffer. Now, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but like if you see even most international publications, they, they do, um, they are shifting to a subscription model or for sustainability. If you've ever clicked on an article uh, online, let's say for The mm. Economist, you know, you'll read three articles and then they'll tell you, okay. Locked you article. Yep. Or they or locked article. the article. You read yeah. the quarter, then they tell you, read the rest, please subscribe to $2.99. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> $2, $3 a month. Yeah, uh, because, you know, that's the future. Uh, and, and so we, people like you, uh, you know, and me, who we are at the front lines of this change that's happening. And I think uh, we're going to start to see more and more of it. Of course, that means that, uh, a lot of these media enterprises are going to have to scale down the operations to where um, they can be supported by a much smaller uh, revenue stream. Because if you continue uh, the way that you have been continuing, where it's a traditional model, where you're maintaining this um, you know, expensive broadcast equipment, where you're maintaining like a significant staff size, uh, but in this kind of economy where you know the, the, the market is contracting, it's going to be that much harder and harder for you uh, to, to, to be sustainable. And it's only going to get worse from here. Do you know something? I, I the, the three of us are really have spoken to how much we hate this traditional media and especially radio and TV. So basically, I think, that we, I, think that I in particular do not like about them is how they treat their talent. I think they vastly under, like they take advantage of their talent. <laughs> yeah, but um, I guess, they, what? Go ahead. So basically, um, in terms of pay and the way they're treated when they're walking there. We've had um we've had a guest, Sheila Gashumba. She was telling us how she used to make like fifty K a I episode. You see, but the situation is is more tragic than it is um outrageous because you know, you we might criticize these media houses that pay pennies or literally nothing but the fact is they don't have money they don't make they just are not making the kind of money that would justify or that would allow for you know more higher pay and it i'm a i'm a business owner now i'm a media owner mm. and you know I, I i i look at my numbers i look at what i'm working with and you know i i get people that are coming to me constantly hey can i have a job can i work here can i do this what and, you know, a lot of times I say to them, you know, these days I just say, hey, uh, if you'd like to volunteer, all right, let's talk. Because right now, see, so I, I can imagine another person saying, oh, I went to this radio station and they're offering me 50000 Be thankful you're getting 50000 because a lot of places probably wouldn't be able to afford to pay you uh, more than that. But that said, and I think I mentioned this to Sheila on, on Twitter when we I responded to one of her tweets about that. I said to her that use that as an opportunity. Um, you know, that 50000 that you might have thought was little, well, look where it's gotten her. It gave her the platform to become established as a media personality, which then led to her growing into this very formidable, powerful influencer who now commands, uh, you know... Uh, a million followers. Million. So, so many followers. On Twitter. Does she have a million now? She has 600,000 600, on IG. Yeah. 100,000 on 
Twitter. Right. So and and now she's definitely monetized that, and so now she gets paid a lot of money uh, to endorse brands and services and products. And if she had said no to the fifty thousand that she was initially offered and said, "Hey, I'm not going to work here," well, who knows? Today we may have never heard of Sheila Gashumba. So, do you believe in the concept of being paid with exposure and being paid in publicity, as opposed to like actual cash? Like what some of these uh, definitely. Uh, definitely. Because, and really the question is for you to be strategic about it. So, I mean, don't work for... Are we talking to fat boy, the business owner, or fat boy, the talent? <laughs> a, a bit of both. <laughs> a bit of both. Uh, uh, what I would say is to just be strategic about that whole exposure thing. Exposure is important, very critical. But, I mean, don't, don't be there for exposure for 10 years. Uh, I, I think exposure should... Uh, you need to understand for how long you might want to offer your services uh, to any entity. And it's not like you just get there, uh, work for free, and just sit there and wait for you know, your op- you know, opportunities or wait for a raise. It's like once you have the opportunity, seize it, exploit it, uh, so that even if you're there working and earning nothing, by the fact that you're there and are exploiting it and maximizing the exposure you're getting, you will soon attract the attention of someone who might uh, offer you a better deal. Or along the way, you might get ideas about how you can do things yourself. Uh, and, and so, you know, working for exposure doesn't just mean just sit there and wait for the exposure to come and boom, you know, you they roll out the red carpet. No, you, you got to be strategic and you need to be constantly working hard to take advantage of the exposure you're building. Agreed. Let me just... Uh-huh. Let's continue. <laughs> I was going to st- slightly change the topic. Continue. <laughs> On the exposure thing. Yeah, like, I guess I guess I see what you're saying, but it's kind of works backwards because the market is saturated right now. So working for exposure in a saturated market... <laughs> but I mean, I can see it's, that it's saturated in terms of the advertising revenue but it still has the biggest reach yes, so but i think it's also saturated in terms of like talent and stuff you see the terms of who oh yeah the ready um radio stations in the village and all that spending mm. propaganda did even know about all this why wouldn't the talent on these radio stations why wouldn't the talent of these radio stations just start their own independent platforms so like podcast etc i mean now it's not easy i can tell you that it takes a lot of work um you need to be smart about your money because, uh, you know, if you're doing something independently, I mean, people, you know, uh, they underestimate the level of luxury that comes with earning a salary. Essentially, you don't think. You just show up to work every day and there's money at the end of the month. You know, but when you're running a business, you're constantly thinking about, you know, where that money is going to come from. Excuse me. So um, if you want to branch out on yourself by yourself, then you got to do the math. And that especially as if you're going to be working with others. Mm. I mean, if you're just doing your own thing yourself, yeah, you. I guess you can get by. Um, but, uh, you know, if you wanted to do something that's a bit more complex and a bit more, um, you know, has more people involved, then yeah, you, you got to be smart about your money. You need, because first of all, where will you find the money? And how are you going to uh, keep uh, operating uh, while your business is still growing? Because... You know, I had this uh, conversation with someone in, in the industry who was also think, 
who is also thinking about it because you know I talk to a lot of people in in the media and a lot of them are not happy. I talk to some program directors, you know, they're not happy. They want to do their own thing. And so they will ask me, "Hey, I see you're doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. So how's it looking? Mm-hmm. How is is the money coming? How's in? the money? How much money are you making and mm-hmm. how, how is it going?" And you're like, "Dude, I've I've just been operating for a month or two." <laughs> you know, and cuz in their minds it's like, "Yo, if it doesn't lead to immediate returns. It's not uh, worth it. Then it's not worth it. Forgetting that for 90% of businesses, really, first year, you're not even breaking even. And then there's a, t- there's a, stati- there's a statistic that 95% of businesses fail in the first three years, I think. That yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we get asked that all the time about like, the monetization. That too, I don't Like every yeah. single time we're out people ask us that same thing like what are the numbers what are you monetized yeah. are you monetized yet so why are you, you guys are monetized how's the money <laughs> you see um my philosophy is simple uh pursue excellence the money will follow will follow mm-hmm. brilliant pursue excellence and excellence means uh two things it means doing something good number one but even more importantly is to do that something good consistently because without consistency, no matter how good your product is, it's just not going to flourish. Because if you're like putting out a good thing and you're on today and off tomorrow and on today and off for another while, uh, short while, then what's going to happen is you're never really going to uh, be able to build on the momentum you're, you're gaining. And, and so it will stop the extent to which you can grow a following and an audience. You'll always just have potential. You'll always have potential the snowball effect yeah yeah mm-hmm. but you sort of have to dig your heels in and continuously put out an excellent product and keep doing that for a long time and in the beginning it may seem like uh you, you have no traction no one's paying attention there will be times you'll, you'll want to give up but then if you when you keep doing that for a long time or for a sufi- uh, sufficient amount of time eventually the payoff comes because now you would have established yourself uh, as as a big name in that game, uh, and and so all of a sudden it's people knocking at your door, right? Obviously, that doesn't stop you from being creative along the way and seeing what potential you can find. But when you when you put money first, it's, it's kind of it's wrong, very yeah. frustrating. Yeah, you'll never be able to overcome the hurdles that come with because you're wondering when am I getting paid? <laughs> I can't yeah. keep doing yeah. this. And, and it, it's so sad, but ninety nine percent of my contemporaries in the media that's that's how they think. But that asking, makes it so. That makes <laughs> the competition so easy. They want to get monetized next week. You're trying to make money in like a year. They cannot compete. Yeah, um, that, that's because why guys won't leave their jobs though. And that's how Amazon's now the biggest company ever. I think. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'll be straight up with you. I mean, I'm not. I'm far from breaking even uh, in my business. It's gonna take a while, you know. So I'm doing. I'm trying to be smart about how I handle my costs, my operations, my money. You know, as I burn through what little savings I have left, and along the way, continue to think of ways in which, um, you know, uh, the company can improve its cash flow situation and then be sustainable, while continuing to product put out an excellent, excellent product. Because eventually, you're going to have a convergence of those two things, yeah. where all of a sudden the market believes that you are excellent at what you're doing. That's number one. Proven. Mm-hmm. And number two, then the business side catches up with it, where now people want to bring money to you, or because of your consistent, uh, consistently excellent output, you now have built up a base of, of listeners, a loyal then, brand, a loyal brand, who then you can uh, offer, for example, premium services to, 
that can help to sustain you. And they trust you because you've been putting out the consistent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But if you go in saying, all right, first month in, um, all right, where's the money? Where's the money? Oops, I sell no shots. Money. I sell this. I sell subscriptions. <laughs> <laughs> it takes time. It takes time. And so, um, and not that I want to spout cliches here, but I don't know, some famous CEO somewhere said, you know, the one thing that differentiates a successful person from a failure is you know, persistence. Uh, a lot of people want uh, an immediate turnaround, an immediate profit. And really, that's not how life works. It, 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 it takes time. You got to put in the work. You got to put in the effort. Uh, you have to be unwavering in your commitment to chase excellence. Because if you're, because, and the thing is, you know, pursuing excellence, it's not even something that requires too much money. It just needs some time under a tree. Uh, just thinking, wow, here's what I'm doing. How can I make it better? What additional value can I add? And there's so many things you can do that even costs no money but you can just keep refining and tweaking your product. Think about the customer. And just because you're trying to make life easier for your customer, you want them to enjoy what you're doing more, and eventually it gets to the point where more and more people start to appreciate it. And so, yeah, so that's what I would tell you guys who are now in this realm, in this, uh, you know, in this uh, frontier that is the internet, internet content providing, uh, because that is the future. That is where the market is going, and soon that is where all of the money will be. So uh, I would say to, to just keep going, because I, I, I see the setup here. It looks phenomenal. It looks awesome. Why, well, thank you. Thank you. I see, yeah. I see, I see great things uh, yeah. happening for you guys. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm about as excited about what you are doing as you are about it. <laughs> I like what I'm That's seeing. Really Bro, we need to take a break. Yeah, we need to take okay. a break. Okay, back on. I need to allude to something. We've had interesting guests here, and I have to say, you might have the most interesting outfit that I've seen so far. You're wearing Iron Man. I'm talk about the hat. About the hat. Are we looking at that? Okay, so for those listening on audio, basically you have the Iron Man glasses, which are cool as hell. I told you before, I have the blue ones. Mm-hmm. I find them super cool. How did you get those? Uh, which ones? The, 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 the glasses, yeah. eBay. Nice. <laughs> like everything in life. Nice. <laughs> and said, then you have eBay. eBay. That just shows you how old he is. <laughs> eBay. <laughs> Amazon. <bro. laughs> the Amazon era. And then you have the MAGA hat. Mm-hmm. Is that true? That's very interesting. You're, do you get any flack for wearing a, a hat like this? Uh, yeah, of course. But uh, I'm a Trump supporter. Donald Trump supporter. <laughs> did, you, did you support the reading of the Capitol Hill? No. Um, uh, so I, I, I view that as uh, one of his more strategic mistakes um, because, you know, he, I think, was sending mixed signals. He probably didn't mm. want the Capitol to be stormed. But he was trying to inflame people's passions, mm-hmm. and all it would take, all it took, was for a few people to take his statements literally, uh, for them to decide that you know breaching the, <laughs> uh, the Capitol building would be a good idea. But he's the president; he should know that his words can be like it's like this, insightful like this. It's like if I'm Bobby Wine and I say we're rejecting the official results, we will not give up. We're going to keep fighting until we get what we want. Now, you and me and other smart people will interpret his statement to be him saying, that, you know, to keep going and to keep striving and to keep utilizing available legal channels. To That's how we would interpret it, right? But if I may be <laughs> not so sophisticated person and I hear him say, we're going to keep fighting, I might interpret that to mean, hey, let's take to the streets. Let's, let's burn shit down. And, and among his supporters, there are people who think like that. 
and you know, and not that I would blame Bobby Wine for it, but I'm just saying it's just the nature of 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 how rhetoric works. Is that some people will understand the metaphoric phrasing you're using and understand that really what you're doing is more implying a spirit of persistence. Others will literally Let's take it as a call to action. You see, I understand And so that's this. what happened with Trump. Uh, some but people took his statement to mean it's time to get violent. But I feel like his statements, okay, yes, you could take them metaphorically, but you could also take them very literally because he was saying uh, things like, let's march down to the Capitol, let's show strength, and let's put pressure on Mike Pence and the Cong. Exactly. <laughs> how, else, how, else do you, how else do you march to the Capitol, show strength, and put pressure on the Congress? People were there with. Like, and by the, I'm not even like a Trump Nansa. I'm not like I, a I understand Biden that, supporter or whatever. I'm just wondering like I how want, that could have happened. I wonder if you'll agree that that's sort of subject to its interpretation. It is. Or because if, if you tell me we show up outside parliament, we have to show our strength. Like if a politician here said that, I would imagine he's telling me that it's important for the world to know that we mean business, we want our voices to be heard, and that we are coming out in numbers to show that maybe we are in support of a particular cause. That is how I would interpret it personally. Like I said, there will always be people who will interpret it in the most literal sense, and it looks like, and it didn't need to take that many people. I don't know how many people actually uh, uh, breached the, the, the capital, but I saw outside the capital there had to be tens of thousands of people, and all it took was a couple of dozen out of those to breach the capital for it to turn into a what national scandal. And now that's where I sort of blame Donald Trump: is that a, if you send mixed signals, some will interpret your message that way as a literal call to action, and secondly, if you know anything about crowd management, it's like there will always be elements among your crowd that are just reckless <laughs> to use the word <laughs> or uh, that that will just be more unhinged that's number one and number two you provide opportunity for those who want to undermine your cause to plant saboteurs to then incite the let me put it this way imagine if i hate trump i want trump to look bad trump has announced a massive rally outside the capital in which there'll be thousands of people so if i want to look bad what do i do well, I send him some people in there. Insurgents. In, you know, they call them agent uh, saboteurs, provocateurs is what they call it. And this is how protests have been dispersed uh, worldwide uh, over the years. The world, uh, what is it, the, this movement, uh, Occupy Wall Street. Same thing. You know, you just send in a couple of thugs to start throwing stones at police. And then police now have been granted, they will now feel justified in dispersing the crowd, firing tear gas. And yet you, the organizer of that protest, might have had no such intention to confront police, but because they wanted to mess up your thing, they sent in guys to... Do you believe that this is what happened for Trump? Yeah. I'm saying... I'm not because saying I had those arguments being used against like the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah the Black Lives Matter. But I, th I feel like the da, da, da. Trump supporters were so specific in that they went there to try and stop the election from being kind of like ratified in, yeah, in the capital. Now, so, so, so they had to show pressure. See, see, my point is this. like, um, With regards to the outcome of an election, I think not just Trump, but any politician is entitled to take every possible step to challenge, uh, legal step, to challenge the outcome of an election, even if it means uh, auditing of the votes, even if it means uh, disqualifying certain votes, even if it means uh, trying to pressure 
state electors, like all these are within his legal rights to pursue. All these are his uh, calls to action. So him like refusing the outcome of the election, you know, until the final day, isn't something that's you know uniquely wrong. It's it's probably better for the country. All but if someone wished to pursue it, they would have the right. Just just like the way Bobby Wine is doing now. But is inciting people going to show strength at the Capitol one of the legal ways? No, because in America, you're allowed to protest. You're allowed to protest outside the Capitol. And that was what it was intended to be. But a, is that what happened? A legally uh, permitted protest outside. That went awry. That uh, went awry because of one of two reasons. Either one, just as will always happen, when you have a large crowd, there will be some who will be uh, more rowdy than others. And for those that are predisposed to be rowdy, uh, they will use that opportunity to um, to to wreak havoc, like you know, just like um, Bobby White supporters, they don't like being tarnished by the actions of the few thugs that cause problems uh, on the street. You know, like say say you know, and I've had arguments with them uh, because typically they will be called hooligans and mm. things like that. All oh, all you noob guys, you're hooligans, and they will usually say, and perhaps rightly so, that no, don't let don't. Uh, brush the whole movement as being violent. It's just a few loud minority characters that are thugs. So don't taint us uh, with with the stain of the actions of those uh, criminals. Uh, it's just that there will always be criminals who will try and take advantage of a situation. So, for example, you know, they'll say, oh, guess what? Uh, our po- opposition leader got arrested. Okay, hey. Why don't we use this to go rob some shops? I'm sure there's going to be chaos in the streets. There will be opportunists who will do that. Does that mean I should uh, blame the entire uh, political movement that happens to support that politician? Probably not. And so for those uh, who decided to storm the Capitol, my point is is the same, is that uh, they, they shouldn't have done that. And w- why I'm holding Trump accountable for it is because he should have known that that could have happened. I don't think he wanted people to storm the Capitol, uh, but he needed to understand that there will be those within his crowd that would resort to such actions, number one. And number two, he provided opportunity for saboteurs to, to, to control the narrative by perhaps planting people in there that could instigate such an action. In either case, it, you know, part of the qualities of leadership is to be able to anticipate all the ways a situation can go wrong and to mitigate it. And that was his failure. But besides mm. his few failures, you support him politically yes. and like... For what reason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how do you I pick know. who you support politically? Yeah. And yeah. also, do you like Trump? Is because your beliefs fall more on like the right side of the spectrum, like yes. left, right, or yes. like him as a person? Uh, yes, so uh, politically speaking, I'm sort of more libertarian, conservative type. My my um, political af- uh, attitude falls more in, in that uh, area Which rather than more, more progressive right. wing, okay. left wing. Um, and so because obviously Trump represents that or party or those values, I find myself more in support. I also like his personality. I, I like <laughs> I like his persistence and his uh, tenacity. Uh, he never gives up until the end. And that, that <laughs> and for this one, he has not given up yet. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't, con- he hasn't conceded. And also, I credit him perhaps his most impressive accomplishment for me uh, and for, for which I owe him a lot of credit is in waking up the masses to the fact that the media is biased and destructive. 
because at least mainstream mainstream media because for the most part people kind of a lot of people were under the assumption that the media was just objective and mm, fair that's true. um but trump was able to for good or bad reason he was able to make the media show their true colors as in the media were unapologetically against him they came out and they would say it now uh what does that mean whether or not they had good or bad reasons for being against trump by the time you're going to admit that you are against him, you've disqualified yourself as a neutral reporter of news. You're just proving exactly what he's saying. Exactly. So which means more and more people, when they read a story in the news, they're going to say, is this true or is this just a perspective of, of the journalist or the, the platform or the publication? Like CNN literally every day for his four years of um, <laughs> tenure in the presidency. Yeah. Literally every day they had a bad story about Trump. Every single day. No matter what happened. Yeah, but that's why I think that, although I agree with what you're saying, he more, like, emphasized the split. He emphasized how different media houses were just pushing their own own positions. Mm. And I think that's useful information. Because now, as consumers of information, if I see a story... I I must first assess More the background critical. of the publication or or, or the or, or the the channel that I'm watching. That is, can I take this to be true, or is there a reason they're feeding me this information? And I think Trump uh, has helped to uh, open people uh, open up people's eyes to this. Now, uh, talking about CNN, I don't know if you saw this, but apparently CNN, MSNBC, and can't remember, but one other channel. I think their ratings have dropped by almost forty percent. Yeah, it was since, CNN since the <laughs> inauguration. <laughs> so CNN, MS, I think it's MSN, <laughs> and then CSN. CSN their mainstay is out. Yeah, because it, so it would seem as though maybe they weren't bashing Trump because they hated him, or at least that wasn't the only reason. But probably because it was hot, it was profitable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it it brought uh, high ratings and more viewers. And so now with him gone, like who's going to watch a segment where, oh, Biden. isn't Joe Biden amazing? Oh, Joe Biden is so wonderful. Yeah. You're not going to watch that. It's you want to hear... It's not as entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I bet something I noticed, actually. A, a lot of the... For me, I get a lot of my content on like YouTube and the internet. So a lot of the left-leaning media platforms that used to actually criticize Trump and Trump supporters, now, ever since the inauguration, are now criticizing and... Scrutinizing the, the Biden administration and stuff, mm. and like, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah like they have moved on so, so fast uh, that it, it was jarring. It was like literally like one week they were, <laughs> were so glad Biden <laughs> is here. Next oh, week, really? <laughs> one week like fighting for like yeah. Biden, 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 President elect Biden is doing this, President elect. Now they're like criticizing. I was wondering, Biden. do you think everyone's going to like rally uh, the same way they did to impeach Trump? Hell is, do you think that's a thing now? No, 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 no. he's out. I mean, to impeach Biden. I, I don't think so. You'd have to do something off. Um, I don't think so because... But the mm, first time Trump was impeached, he didn't do anything off. Uh, I would agree that what whatever he was accused of doing did not warrant the impeachment. It was just a political yeah. job. That, that's for sure. But again, <laughs> it's the nature of the game. Uh, and also, you know, the Dem- Democrats are able to marshal the full power of the media, uh, both mainstream media and also social media. You know, and th- like I they said... They literally magnify everything a left does, huh? Yeah, so basically, if, if the left decides that a particular uh, um, narrative needs to be amplified, they, they can rely on the mainstream media to boost it and even social media. See, they will go to social media companies and saying, you're allowing so much disinformation, you're harmful to democracy, and they will pressure these social media companies whose owners are also incidentally left-leaning left, yeah. anyway. 
And so they will say, okay, Trump is saying this, strike it, it's fake news, flag it, or suppress it. Meanwhile, the other side, they're allowed to run wild with their conspiracy theories. For four years, they said Trump was a Russian asset, which was as equally <laughs> frivolous and baseless as, well, if, 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 if you want to argue that, say, election fraud had no basis, okay, well... It was more so the case for the Russian thing. And yet for four years, the media amplified it across the board. And those who propagated it suffered no censorship on social media. The rules only apply to one side. And so um, it was very easy to gin up support uh, for Trump's impeachment because they controlled the means through which people were getting the information. Uh, and, and so that's why I do not see it as a, a remote possibility that th the same momentum can, can be built for a Biden impeachment. No matter how... Uh, Biden messes up because first of all uh, many of his flaws I don't think are even going to be reported on for the most part or if they will they will be downplayed mm. uh, and I, I just don't think they'll be able to create the kind of snowball effect of of of, uh, of outrage that they typically would were able to do with any anything Trump did and I might think they'll be able to because the, the speed at which they switched up like literally from because remember there was that time between the when the results of the election came out to the inauguration where Trump was contesting the results and the media kept pushing the narrative of the president-elect Joe, Joe Biden like like literally like every other day he won the election again but now from the inauguration like there was literally like a, a hard left a hard left now the, all the topics on Biden on the same thing are like, is this man fit for office? Look at how all the is another playing all these tapes of him stuttering, and I'm like, really? Whoa. Why were they <laughs> funny? How they're playing them now and not during the campaign? Yo, nah, yeah, but yeah. during <laughs> the campaign they did, they Bro, did too. They're like, they're now, they're like now the narrative they're going with is Biden has, is inheriting this, this mess that Trump has left. Will he be able to manage this mess? He's an old guy. How many years does he? Bro. It's but you know <laughs> what? The, and if they are doing that, the reason could be that they actually want to get rid of Biden to pave way for Kamala. Kamala. I think the th I, I I think the reason is criticizing these politicians is just better for ratings. So if they look like hypocrites switching up, it's a small price to pay for the ratings. No one even counts no, on no, hypocrites. Bro, yeah. I like, no I'm still tuning in to see Biden's yeah. problems. You know, I know so they care about the but numbers. The, but, the, but I guess <laughs> the, the problem is that Biden isn't as interesting or entertaining. So I don't know that they'll be able to milk him. They'll make his actions entertaining. Bro, all his mishaps are going to get amplified now on these media <laughs> platforms. But now I wonder, now I wonder is... Fox now going to and the right wing going to defend him or is it going uh, to be like a double onslaught of obviously. negativity? Well, Fox has their own problems because you know because they didn't jump behind Trump a hundred percent on the whole election fraud thing. Uh, a number of other right wing media channels sort of stepped in to fill the gap. So whereas previously Fox dominated conservative or right wing sort of news and commentary on telev cable television, uh, now you have. Others, uh, some of which have been promoted by Trump aggressively, like there's one called One American News, uh, and then another one called Newsmax. And then there's that social media platform. What's it called? There's one that's uh, Parler. I think it's called Parler. But that yeah, it is. That that was sort of kicked off of uh, <laughs> everything. Yeah. The app stores, Amazon. <laughs> so, and yeah. you see, that's that's the level of censorship that, and I'm glad people are starting to see it. You know, most people, especially in Uganda, you know, when I like to talk to Ugandans about sort of uh, American politics, most people don't even know that there is a right and there is a left. 
They just think there's normal people and then there's the right Thumbs wing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Everyone else is normal, but then <laughs> an extreme <laughs> right wing. Extreme right wing. Uh, they have guns. They are white. They're poor. <laughs> but there is there is a left wing and an extreme left wing. So what the media tells us is the normal perspective. Actually, for the most part, is the left wing perspective. And you know that's fine. I mean, have a perspective. Let it be left wing <laughs> or right wing, but own it. And know that and, is a perspective. And, uh, uh, yeah, accept that it is a perspective. It is a bias. And don't be quick to dismiss someone else because th- their bias is on the opposite side. Because you have a bias as well. So bigotry. Just read uh, BBC, CNN. Like, <laughs> what kind of stories do you see being reported? Gender equality, trans rights, gay rights, environmentalism. All these are left-wing causes, right? And and yet they're presented to us as news, like normal news. Mm. And yet it is it is very much news and information that is skewed towards sort of left-wing ideas and perspectives. And like I said, it's fine for them to do that. They just need to stop pretending that they're neutral. Uh, or on these issues. And that is why they amplify certain types of stories, certain types of topics uh, uh, feature prominently. Uh, and, uh, and and why, for those who have different ideas, they have to resort to, well, previously Fox News, which is now suffering from incursions from other competitors. So now conservative news media is going to be split between more uh, By the way, didn't Disney buy Fox? Um, entertainment. Entertainment. What's entertainment? Not the news. Not the news yeah. Huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then for the conservatives that try to go to social media to have their conversations, their accounts get shut, they get banned. Everything that is right-wing is called hate speech. So if I said, for example, I don't think gays should be married, or I I don't think... And if this is going on YouTube, you guys might get demonetized. Uh, (laughs) But uh, (laughs) uh, that I don't think gays should get married. And that is actually not my own view. But if I were to say such a thing, or if I were to say that uh, uh, abortion should not be legal... These are all valid political positions, but if you uh, were to state them on social media, it would be flagged as hate speech and you'd probably have your account locked. But it's only hate speech with respect to the fact that... Because you do not align with their opinion. Exactly. So if if I were a right-wing social media platform, I could very well decide hate speech means saying anything critical about religion. Uh, or saying that you should advocate for abortion, or you or challenging gender roles. I could say all that is hate speech, and then kick you off the platform too. But what most people don't realize is that we are so used to the idea of the left controlling everything, we've grown up thinking that the left wing view is the normal view, <laughs> and it is not. It is a view, uh, and yes, a significant portion of the population around the world may hold it, but. It's not the view. It's not the only view. Uh, And the degree to which they try to suppress um, dissenting views is something that I honestly am not a huge fan of. And the reason why I backed Trump is because I've been involved in that struggle uh, to to fight uh, left-wing dominance uh, from way back as 2011. So that by the time they started calling Trump a racist, a sexist, like I was already familiar that this With is this terms. is what they do. Their methods. These are their methods uh, for trying to undermine or, or actually the the channels I support are of people I disagree with. Uh, I support a left wing channel uh, guy called Jimmy Dore. Uh, he used to be with. The Young Turks, if you've heard of the Young mm-hmm. Turks, they're quite big on YouTube, but uh, he was one of their affiliates. I think he's now more independent, but he's like left-wing progressive guy. And I just, I just, he is so open and honest. As in, he says, this is what I think. 
uh, I, I, conservatives are fucked up, but and I disagree, but uh, he kind of is willing to see eye to eye on a few issues, and he's willing to have the conversation. And I, and for me, I respect that, and I want him to continue to be doing stuff like that. And so, yeah, so every month I send him $10. Um, it's not much, but, you know, I like what he's doing. <laughs> and, and, and similarly, I think, um, you know, for our subscribers, it won't just be people that agree and endorse everything I say. It's that they like that we're creating something that allows for an open expression of diverse and free ideas and they would like to see it uh, continuing and so if you know if an activist one day decided to get me cancelled uh and then okay if they went to a company that gives me money or advertises yeah they could maybe get them to pull it <laughs> but if they went to my fans and said oh he's such a bad person don't subscribe i mean my audience would probably tell them to go fuck themselves <laughs> so i mean that's the kind of uh, paradigm we're in now i mean it's good and it's a bad thing i mean we're charting new territory but also it's just giving us new opportunities to uh to grow and expand and to in in a way seek new ways of being sustainable you know it, there's there is a level of freedom to not being beholden to advertisers only um so for example like at, at my old where i was working before uh, at sanyu you know if uh there was something, a scandal that involved one of the major companies. Like, let's say if there was a scandal at uh, MTN or Airtel where there was, I don't know, maybe something happened with mobile money. Or Crane Bank. Or Crane Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Crane Bank. Since the, since the owner of the bank was the owner of the station, we could never talk about it, mm -hmm. you know, because... All, all a client would have to do is to call the manager and say, you guys, your presenters were saying bad things about us. We're going to pull your ads. And then obviously they'd apologize. Oh, we were so sorry. We we're sorry about that. And then they'd obviously come to us. and Give you an earful. <laughs> yeah, rain hell on us. <laughs> like, hey, guys, you dare fucking say that shit again. You're out. You know, you shit. You know, as in yeah, we would be warned to sort of, you know, be uh, professional. <laughs> yeah, there was some girl who I think she was narrating a, a weekend incident. Uh, she was doing one of the shows there. Uh, and she was talking about how she was at a house party. And 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 then so her friend was like, oh, how was it? And she's like, yeah, it was a bottle party. And, you know, for me, I went and I bought my drinks and what. Ah, but then there was some cheap skit. Some guys just showed up with UG and what and ah. oh. So I mean, <laughs> 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 so everyone else will bring Jack Daniels or Hennessy. <laughs> you know how it is. It's a bottle party, and so some yeah, some people yo they go big, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> then there was some guys that showed up with no, some UGs. some UG coconut, yeah. I think, yeah. and. Uh, Obviously, compared to the other beverages, it's the more uh, cheaper uh, one. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And so it was kind of, obviously, so it was kind of funny for her to talk about how they were dissing these guys who yeah, came the with cheap the cheaper skates. brands. Yeah. I mean, and that's funny. It's genuinely it funny. It's uh, but the ad, the sponsor was like, yo, what the Beer. fuck was that? That's the biggest one. <laughs> that's the biggest one. <laughs> you, and UBL is, is one of the biggest exactly. corporate advertising spenders. Yeah. So yo, uh, like she she got in big trouble. Like they were like, you you cannot say that. You're, you're making our advertisers, you know, look bad. Their brands look bad. And yet, if I were UBL or the agency, I can't remember who it was that was bitching about it. I'd, I'd have just had a good laugh over it. Yeah, where's like, like you know, no ours, more publicity. Yeah. 
Owns his own that thing that you wear the cheap guys. Yeah, bro, but they, <laughs> they, they still brought you yeah. in the party of Jack Daniels. They brought, they they brought, brought your brand. You need to lean into and it. And lean into it and, and make your way. ads, tell your ads to that. Those guys might have brought you because that's what they like. Yeah. They, they might have, <laughs> so they yeah, like. instead of, oh my gosh. Controlling their the, 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 the narrative. Uh, uh, high-end premium. Also, you are the cheapest. Yeah. They're, more, they're more cheap skates in this world. You're aiming to be the cheapest. Yeah, so. By the way, actually, people prefer cheaper liquor. Exactly. Genuine, like, Generally, you guys have the best quality cheap, cheap liquor, liquor that there is. So please lean into it. But that. I guess they don't see that way. They see it as the highest standard on the market. Yeah, so well, now, they see it as the cheapest you're premium. Gonna, and you're going to have the premium one. Well, the well, premium well if you're a spider with a fair price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lost opportunity. And, and I think, sadly, a lot of the marketing departments in many large corporations are filled with rather sensitive people uh, who I think sometimes lose sight of some of those opportunities uh, to you know, capitalize on the perception that some people might have about your brand. Okay, so if at a house party, the guy that shows up with the UG is the cheapskate, well, okay, write on that. Say something about it. That, yeah, hey, you're going for a house party and uh, you want to have a nice time, but maybe you're not doing too well? Carry a UG. Have you a have blast. Done an ad for that. You <laughs> would have probably had an uptick in sales if they did that. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of saying, yo, you trying to say we're the cheap ones? Well, low quality? Uh, you are yeah, saying that. That's the other thing. <laughs> you <laughs> are that you are. It's, it's not always a correlation. It doesn't always mean that it's a low quality shit. It might be cheap, but it is some. that's some fire. And no one variety. says UG is low quality. They just say it's cheap. cheap yeah. They love that it's cheap. Yeah. Everyone drinks UG. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do. Uh, okay, before... Well, let's first take a break before... Is it? Three minutes. Okay. All right, so before um before you came, I did I googled your name and I went to your wiki and I saw I saw literally the most interesting sentence I've ever seen before. It said that you've started organizations to combat s- mysticism in Uganda. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Now the, the first question has to be, how did you feel about our Jaja Mayanja episode? Have you seen <laughs> it? Yeah, uh, the one where you talked to the witch doctor. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot, and I wish more people would do that uh, to you know to demystify the whole realm of mysticism and. Uh, traditional medicine and in particular witchcraft which is not always the same as traditional medicine mm. but there's a particular branch of it you know where you know as what people would call the juju um i think uh, not many people take the time to investigate it to report on it to talk to the people involved um and and i think uh, you know your your video was a very a nice way of you know engaging with people in that realm so that people can understand more about what's going on there now i did a similar thing Although I examined that uh, realm from a more critical standpoint, see, I'm uh, I'm, all, I'm one that doesn't really believe in the supernatural. I was concerned that there were many people being taken advantage of um, by virtue of claims of the supernatural, both both from the religious perspective and in even the traditional S- perspective. So you're atheist. Yes, I'm an atheist. Okay. Uh, and so what that means is that I do not believe that uh, there is a god. Uh, I also don't believe in a supernatural. I'm open to the possibility that those things are there, but at present, I don't hold those beliefs. Uh, and it's not that I mind that others have an opposite belief. I do mind that they take advant- They are taken advantage of because of those beliefs. So mm, you've seen it. Pastors claiming miracles, uh, uh, demanding for money so that your fortunes can change for you to find love, to, to, to be healed of one illness or the other. And typically... Uh, no such thing happens. Quite often, they hire actors to, pre, you know, to testify. Uh, obviously, telling lies 
about how they were perhaps sick before and now that the pastor has healed them. Previously, they were lame or blind and now they can see, and they can run around. And, That's you know, a business model in Uganda. It's, it's a business model. Uh, and there's a lot of people that are who get taken advantage of. See, I don't mind someone just offering spiritual encouragement, you know. Read chapter 2, verse 2. It says, God loves you and be righteous and go live a good life. I have no problem with that. You know, spread that message. Give people hope. It's a good message to spread. Love, hope, positivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no problem. Mm. But once it goes to where now you're saying, all right, guys, uh, if you want to get to heaven, you better give me money. <laughs> or if, if you want to get cured of AIDS, uh, pray for your miracle. Don't go to the hospital. Uh, pray for your miracle. And plant a seed. Uh, plant a seed. <laughs> oh, five him. <laughs> hey, I already prayed for you. So why are you still on those ARVs? It means you have no faith. So of course you won't get your miracle. So what does the person do? They get off the ARVs. And yeah, within months, they're just on the throes critical. of death. <laughs> they're critical. <laughs> and it's too late to save them. And the, this would happen because, you know, they literally took the pastor's advice to stop taking medicine because they were prayed for or they were waiting for some kind of miracle that definitely didn't manifest and, and rarely ever does, if at all. So I like to speak out on that kind of exploitation. Now, which doctors do the same thing? Uh, they also prey on people's anxieties and fears and they offer, you know, quick solutions to everyday problems. Oh, is your husband, does he want to leave? I don't know you? that it's quick. Okay, most, uh, there because there's obviously two types of witch doctors or whatever. There's yeah. the real ones, and then yeah. there's the Quacks. fake ones. I mean, yeah. he also said there's witch doctors, there's medicine. Traditional medicine, yeah. 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 yeah, I got no problem. Do your, deal in your herbs, that's fine. A lot of these herbs do have some medicinal properties, and I have no problem. But I'm talking about the ones where they say, bring a chicken. Uh, bring bring some shells, uh, bring a cow's a horn or the testicles of a goat and or stuff like that. Do you know this dude? Uh, <laughs> this dude told us that the dude that we interviewed, Jaja Manager, he said that a lot of the time they don't even do it in exchange for anything. It's just upon them to solve your issues. And so if you belong in a certain area, you go to him with your issues. You've been having a headache or whatever, so you can tax his spirits, talks to them, to heal you. So so then what? They they just leave it's it to you. It's not an exchange for So for they leave it to you to give them gifts if you wish. Is yes, that that's what I <laughs> said. Yeah. For him he said he for him he legit said that. Have you ever dated a girl that says she's not interested in money? Didn't you notice you always ended up spending more money on that girl? <laughs> than, than um, the girl that straight up said she wanted cash. <laughs> you've, blown, you've blown my mind right now. Not that I think about it. Nah, stop it. Holy <laughs> shit. That is funny. I'm not interested <laughs> in money. I just I just love you. And you like things. And yet you're realizing, wait, I'm buying her phones, buying her laptops, taking her to dinners. I'm I'm not intelligent from their part. I'm not giving her cash, but yo, I'm blowing through my savings. Is that that called misdirection? Well, they're not taking you, but they're taking you. (laughs) So I think the witch doctor is probably he's probably not he he might be saying, Don't give me money, I do it for free. But he will he will imply through various tricks that you should. He might say something like, you know, hey, if uh, your spirit's in the right place and you show your gratitude, yeah, probably it will work. And he says, if you don't, then the yes. things that you've gotten yeah. will go. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Free. Ah, <laughs> yeah, free trial. <laughs> <laughs> he has a free trial of business model. No, he said, he said, I want <laughs> for seven <laughs> days. <laughs> Otherwise, if you don't pay, that's a subscription. <laughs> 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 he said, if you don't give it to me, remember, he said, if you don't give it to me, it's cow. 
But that's spiritual handle. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's spiritual. And it's so interesting their business model. Like it's like a lot of it is percentage based. So if it's land based issues, yeah, they'll he'll take like seven percent of the value of your transaction. Oh wow. Like yeah, it's very intelligent. It's twenty twenty one. Anyway, so I was saying, <laughs> yeah. let me take you back to something. So that's why you started those um, your um, organizations. And so uh, you identify as atheist. Do you identify as atheist and do not believe in the existence of a God because you don't have proof of a God or you're certain God doesn't exist? No, I'm not certain. Uh, it's just I have no reason to, to believe. believe that. I, I mean, I equally have no reason to believe that there is a dinosaur living on Mars. There could be. Maybe there is, but at present, I have no reason to convince me that there is. Did you read it last week? I think they found some skeletons on the moon. Dinosaur bones on Mars. Yeah. On the moon, on the moon right? Yeah. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Well, now I might become <laughs> yeah, a believer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that's it. Um, I'm not dogmatic. Uh, I will adjust my views based on reasons I'm provi- presented that cause me to change my views. That's it. I'm, I mean, there could very well be one. I mean, who knows? It's just so far as I look around and how I perceive the world and and wha- the way I think about things, I, I have found myself believe or failing to believe that there could be a God. So you are not spiritual in any sense? No. Because that's different, uh, being atheist. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not really a spiritual person. I'm more, uh, what's the word for people like me? Because uh, I'm agnostic. So basically, I don't believe, uh, sorry, I don't have enough to go off on to make any decision. Yeah, so even there's, Types of atheists. Mm. So the agnostic atheist is the one that I am. So um, Gnosticism or agnosticism um, addresses knowledge um, because it comes from the root word gnosis, which means to know or knowledge. So agnostic means I don't know. Gnostic means I know. Now, uh, theism or atheism uh, addresses belief with respect to a deity. So you may believe or not believe that there is a deity. But then, is it that you believe because you know or you don't believe? Do you not believe because you know there isn't or do you not believe because you don't know? So, I'm sure there are many things that you don't believe, but that's only because you don't know whether to believe it or not. You're open-minded about it. Uh, and, and so, I am an agnostic to the extent that I'm also not sure. I don't know. But thus far... I have no reason to believe, to believe, therefore I haven't yet come to believe. So I'm an atheist in that I do not believe that there is a God. There could be. Uh, I'm open. So I'm an agnostic atheist. So the Gnostic atheist is the one that would say, I know there is no God. I know for sure. I'm not that. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm with you. I think I'm similar. <laughs> yeah. I'm similar to you in that sense. Yeah, so maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Who knows? Maybe I'll know one day, maybe I won't. But some people like to say, hey, isn't it better to to believe just in case there could be? Make me sound like that. I was about to make my point sound I mean, a bit more intelligent. Pascal's wager. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it, Pascal's wager. Uh, and I also like the fulfillment that comes with believing these things in real life. Like, yeah, like... Benefit. I, I, I would never take that away from you. And religious people are statistically happier than non-religious because you know to be told that there is someone looking after you and that you have a nice place to go when you die you're gonna meet all your loved ones i can't everything happens for a reason yeah i can't think of a more comforting thought or idea than that so if i believed that of course i would be happy but because i'm i'm more (laughs) one who believes that i'm just 
cells and atoms and if I die I die and that's the end if I have a problem I know that unless I do something about it I won't solve it <laughs> big brother up in the sky won't help well, you what, what, what about <laughs> it, like? it 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 makes it more likely for me to get depressed or anxious or to suffer other mental health issues so do you believe like human beings are spirit soul body anything like essentialism, that essentialism yeah, existentialism I, 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 no I, be, I believe we aspects No, no, no. I, I believe we're biological creatures and only biological creatures. That is what I believe. I believe that our feelings and our emotions are just function of our cells and neoelectrical chemicals so which dancing in our brains. Which theory do you favor on how we are here right now? Because uh, nothing is nothing's for certain. We do not know how we are here. Okay, uh, I favor a biogenesis plus evolution. A biogenesis s- specifically addresses the cr- formation of life, how life what we call cell life or even before a cell mm-hmm. where it's just a strand of interacting chemicals that then became self-replicating and once that kicked off evolution would take care of the rest because evolution means that through forces of natural selection based on environmental factors the ones best able to thrive in that environment are the ones that replicate and propagate more and more and more and as the conditions change the one that thrives in that environment based on whatever unique mutations it has will cause it and so those mutations uh end up making particular organism more favorable to favorable to live in certain environments and if that happens for a long enough time you end up with a very diverse uh tree of organisms and species that that look different that might branch from it's its own category and become other things thereafter um most people even though they hate don't agree with evolution per se most even most would agree with what is called microevolution uh in, in the way that you would breed a, a dog mm. to to have particular color mm. or breed a horse to have particular qualities or breed chicken to be of a certain size uh you know we do that with um bananas the, the bananas we eat today did not originate the yellow bananas were not initially yellow they are literally man made <laughs> if, if i might say because bananas were bred from plantain and genetically manipulated so that the version of it that we have today was born out of that kind of manipulation uh so uh, but but just naturally like just through natural breeding uh-huh. uh do you know what i mean without go- having to go into a lab but my My issue with that theory is when you have that what did you call it like the mi- mini evolution you still have animals like reproducing and after their own kind so you can have variations in for example the dogs fur and the eye color the teeth length yeah. the claw length the yeah. size of the muscles yeah. but it's still a dog it's not at any one point a dog becoming a monkey or a dog becoming a human or a dog <laughs> because that's that's not how uh, see evolution uh, arises What is what is evolution? It's just an accumulation of several mutations. And what is a mutation? A mutation is just a minor change that causes you to be slightly different from your ancestor. A change that might cause you to thrive better in that particular environment. So for example, let's say I am a I am a I am let's say I am a deer. Okay. <laughs> And it so happens that I have a particular mutation that causes me to be able to run faster than my other siblings and the other deers in my tribe or in my family what does that mean it means it will make me less likely uh, to be caught by a lion so i am more likely to survive Propagate. i am more likely to pass on my genes so when i have kids my kids will probably have 
uh, that faster mutation running. as well. They will also run faster. And among them, there will be those who will be able to outrun the other uh, and survive better. And so as they continues, continue to breed over years and years and years, you end up with a s- species of animal that is particularly highly adapted. Fast, highly adapted. Uh, now, dear. No, no, no. It's the best version of a deer. It's, it's the deer. best. For him, is saying, <laughs> what's the point in well, yeah, which well, we, monkeys... We should, we should be seeing even like right now animals in that, that you can't change see. of like you can't see that because you know? the mutations must the mutations take millions of years to, to, to get how can I say to get an accumulation of mutations that causes one animal to be radically different from its progenitor uh, it would take millions of years it's not something you could observe in a but in we a should be seeing some in between animals who are in between the uh uh-uh, no <laughs> we do no uh-huh. like this is just one? the year 2005 no, no, no. Because yes. they say we evolved and we are still evolving. Okay, for me, I know that there's such there, I know there's mutations that have happened even while we are alive. Yeah. Like there's a moth that oh, I know, I know you. No, I can you, give you. Him is saying inter animal. For me, I'm saying that at least they've <laughs> no, but if mutations. I, I want to see like no, but what happens if it is, well, mutations if, are definitely like a thing. If mm. you're if uh, if if how can I say if your genetics become too divergent, there does come a point where you can't crossbreed. Um, but within certain species like you know the so for example you know like humans and chimps like we share like 99 point whatever percent but you're never gonna have a baby if you had sex with a chimp it's because uh, that variation is 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 large enough that it would not allow for that kind of whatever but you know if you crossed uh like an alsatian with a german shepherd you could get a mixed puppy uh because they're genetically they are close enough uh to where they are able to do so. So with evolution, like I said, like if you're asking, yo, why can't a monkey one day become a bird? A uh, or a pu- well, well, not that far, but probably not quite uh, close enough. But like from a monkey to a bird, and that is because the number of mutations that would be necessary to accrue those changes would just take millions of years. It would not be something you could uh, witness in a lifetime because these changes are uh, incremental. And, and, and the way we know this, and Without being able to observe is we have the fossil record that shows uh, shows us some of the intermediate animals that the today's animals grew out of, right? So in biology class, you might recall there was such a thing as a the the, the animal tree, right? The, the tree where the, there's this one uh, branches from this, then to this, then to that, then two branches, then three, then four, then five. So, but if you go back long enough you get to a common set of uh, organisms that were essentially the progenitors of what became the animal kingdom. If you go far back enough. Now, not just the fossil record helps shed light on this, but even DNA record. When you examine the genetic fingerprint of many animals, you can actually see. Yes. You can actually see the similarities. You can even tell uh, where the some of the mutations took place and where the new branches came from. On the fossil record point, uh, we also learned on that fossil record thing the whole concept of like the missing link. Yeah. Like they're still looking for, um, for an example for human beings, they're looking for that species that was the link between, um, like the a chimp, like, yeah, a and, chimp a and a human. But Neanderthals' heads were literally almost. No, but, but the even Neanderthals are not the but missing the, link. But the problem with the <laughs> the problem with the, <laughs> the, the just another st- the problem with the another step that the, the, the problem with the, the problem with the missing link and why I think it's an unfair argument uh, is that you know it's you're essentially setting a standard that can't be proven or disproven. It's kind of like saying, okay, what's the missing link? between the numbers one and two. 
I'll say, okay, 1.5. Well, what's the missing link between 1 and 1.5? 1.25. What's the missing link between 1.1 and 1.25? 1. 1.25. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. And you can go with that process of division to infinity and never actually arrive. You've tried try dividing any number by three on your calculator and you'll get point three, 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 like ad infinitum. And so it is with the idea of a missing link. Like if a scientist were to propose that one uh, fossil describes a missing link between one species and another, all you would have to say to discount that is, okay, well, where's the link between that link and the one before? And should the scientist fail to find a fossil that sort of would lie somewhere in the middle, then you thump your chest and say, aha, disprove it. But like I said, that's unfair because we would never apply that to say something like, you know, sets of numbers or anything or, 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 or the color spectrum. If you tell me orange is somewhere between red and, and, and yellow, okay, uh, like at every point in between, you can just have, essentially have an infinite set of gradients that would just... If, if you were to say, all right, walk through every gradient point between color yellow and color red, you would never reach the other side because it'll just continue to infinity. But there's For a every certain point where you reach and you say, at least this is orange. You what? In between yellow and red on the color spectrum, there'll be a point when you where? get and No, 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 no. Where? I agree with him. You don't agree? Yeah. I agree with him. I haven't you ever seen a color wheel before? No, no, no. But I agree with him. <laughs> that standard there. Um, yeah, we're saying that, that thing doesn't exist for anything. <laughs> that part of orange, that middle point that you're looking for, it doesn't exist for anything. But if you look at the example he gave, like the color spectrum and all that, mm -hmm. there is a divisible point between, like, there's a color between yellow and red. Oh, you're saying halfway. When you mix yellow and, and red. And now he's saying, now he's what saying about, the, that, now what about the link between orange and red? <laughs> what about that one? <laughs> Yeah, does <laughs> that color... <laughs> Which one is that one? <laughs> does that before, color before not you, exist? Before you uh -huh. give me the one before, between orange and red, first give me the one between orange red The one yellow. halfway. <laughs> Andy, what is halfway? Yeah. <laughs> what is halfway? There should, be, there should be at least some species that have like similar characteristics between the two. Are they there? Why? Because... Between which two? two? Between two? at least like the two... <laughs> species that are saying one Which one? Okay. Which one? Which one? Which one? Which like two? for example, say how they say humans and... Whatever, chimps had a common ancestor. That, 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 that's one of the easier examples. I yeah. mean, yes, you can clearly see a chimp and a human. But you can see apes, the similarities. Yes. Those, that's at least straightforward. Unless maybe you wanted to say the in between a bird and a the, 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 species, a lion. the species that's in between human and chimp. But then I guess I can now see your point because yeah. like what's now? Because if we if we because those species have been found, you know, Zinjanthropus, Homo erectus, and then yeah. they'll say, okay, fine. Good, but now what's between Homo erectus and this one? <laughs> so you just gotta keep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so even if I found a thousand links between the two species, you would still ask, well, okay, so what's the link be between all those of them. thousand links? Between each of them, <laughs> each of them, it would be which yeah. brings all of them together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it would be unending. But you know, I, I don't. And think even that's also evolving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, you know your religious beliefs should cause you to like. Don't deny evolution just because of your religious beliefs, because a lot of Christians think. Uh, that uh, evolution is the way through which God created diversity in life. Uh, that it is the process that, uh, you know, through his uh, divine design, he designed the earth in such a way that it would, that would that just produce this. Will take care of itself almost like. Yeah. 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 So that uh, God, like that, so that God did not literally create the diversity of species as is described in Genesis. Uh, so, 
many people, and I think it's probably even the Catholic Church's official position is that a lot of that stuff should be taken allegorically, you know, like so that there is a deeper meaning behind some of those things written in the scripture. Of course, some people prefer a strict literal interpretation. Seventh-day Adventist. You know, <laughs> they will say, you know, on day one, God created the stars. And okay, the, end of story. And day one. <laughs> that's what day is. two, he created this. Day three. Uh, so even among religious people, there's different schools of thought, but uh, it's, it's quite common for Christians to... Uh, view evolution as the process by which God created diversity. And for a lot of people, it helps them to reconcile the science and and um, and uh, the faith uh, and in, in a way that is, you know, consistent and it doesn't cause them sleepless nights. So maybe you shouldn't put too much pressure on yourself. Uh, taking evolution seriously doesn't mean, therefore, you're denying God. Perhaps that's just another way to interpret uh, the work of God. After all, don't you There's guys say God this. works in mysterious ways? So why are you forcing yourself to subscribe to the one-day, two-day, seven-day theory of creation and yet uh, as part of his mysterious ways, he could have used evolution? <laughs> That's a possibility. Agreed. Anyway, so... Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <coughs> as we're going through your Wikipedia page, we found another interesting thing. You named your dog Rukia. Rukia. Yeah. Is that from Bleach? Yes. Do you watch Bleach? Of course. <laughs> From beginning <laughs> to end. What other anime do you watch? Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to... I hear the anime the might, might be revived. Yeah. Are you serious? Because yeah. it was cancelled before they did the final arc. What? Yeah. But now they say it's coming back. No, that, that confirms this guy watches anime. So... Of course. <laughs> <laughs> what am I watching now? Yeah, what um, are you watching now? I love Attack on Titan. Uh-huh. That's just fire. Season four is, is fire. I like uh, Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's having a great run in the box office. Apparently, the movies, the, the, the movie. highest rated anime movie of all time. Wow. The, no, highest rated, highest grossing, earning movie, highest grossing, grossing movie. Period. Period. In Japan. Of all time. Yeah. Oh. In Japan. Oh, okay. Of all time. No, nah, but I know Demon Slayer has been killing it as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great series. Um, Seven Deadly Sins. You know, I'm, I haven't gotten into that one yet. Uh, but uh, I like Full Metal Alchemist. Mm-hmm. I watched the Brotherhood first. Or I, I watched the original, uh, and I'm Definitely trying to right now. I'm trying to do. watch. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to watch a Brotherhood, but uh, I don't know. The few first few episodes are not uh, really doing it for me. But I hear it, it handles the later episodes much better than the original. So I think I'll try uh, to stick with Naruto. It. Naruto. I watched Naruto. Obviously, uh, I, I I thought it was a great series. It had excellent uh, opening music. Boruto. Boruto's shit. Trash, yeah. Official <laughs> <laughs> position. <laughs> 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 Anime Everyone just here. Trash. One Piece. Uh, uh, one Piece, yes, uh, but not too much. I've probably just watched the first three seasons, but I have like 700 episodes. I probably should get on it. Do you watch any of this Netflix stuff, Baki? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, let me see. Netflix anime originals. No, I don't really watch those. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just mostly watch the stuff out from Japan. Um, I much prefer, like, I don't like all the newer series, but some of them are really good. I liked Parasites. I like, uh, I don't know if you've seen that one. I've seen that one, the one with the, the body parts. <laughs> yeah, the body parts that do all kinds <laughs> of strange things. What are all you guys' favorite animes of all time? If you had to pick one, I am not a Death Note. Who's seen that one? I've seen Death Note. Oh, that one. I haven't seen Death Note. This is an anime guy. One, two, three. 
it's one two. No, yeah, like, like if, if you if you meet someone that's like man, anime is shit. Death Note is usually a good way to introduce them. Yeah, anime. Now that one's that one's fairly accessible and quite intriguing. So yeah, yeah I mean, and oh, I'm like I'm 45 years old. I mean, I'm almost 50, and I still watch this stuff. And the same is gonna happen to you because here's the problem: once you start watching anime. <laughs> At a young age, you're gonna reach thirty. <laughs> you're gonna reach forty, and you're just gonna be. You're gonna fail to be engaged by what comes out of Hollywood at the moment. A lot of what you watch from Hollywood will just strike you as way too shallow, um, because some of the writing in these anime series are like, you like what the, f- you know, <laughs> <laughs> like the twists and turns. You're like, and and that is why a, a lot of these. Uh, uh, mangas and uh, anime, um, you know, Hollywood is trying to adapt them into, you know, a live. But they fail. They always fail to do it. But I the reason why they're always interested is because th- the writing is just phenomenal. And so I'm, t- I'm telling you, at 40, you're still going to be watching that stuff. Bruh, let me tell I you think movies you. also <laughs> take super long to come out. So, uh, so like these movies take like two years to f- to write the script, to film all this stuff. Anime, how long do they take to pump out episodes? It's very. F- very long. I think it takes really. Yeah, for like most of those animation studios, it takes like a year to create every episode. Right. So yeah. we're just working what? on like concurrent episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they release the season. It's, it's complicated, but just know basically because it's hand drawn animation. Anime is not done with like three D animation, like Pixar movies. Those ones are easier to make. You can pump those out a bit faster. Yeah, because but anime you, is like hand drawn. Yeah, because you uh, once you build your three D models. Uh, all you have to do is to now control the action. Yeah, just make Low. the move. Yeah, just make the arm move like this, and you then just keyframe it, and then the computer takes the rest and makes the movement. But with anime and like two two D animation, the artist has to draw each individual frame of yeah. action. So it's like shit. Yeah, so like twenty four frames per second. So it takes a lot of time to make, and that's like so animation is like a very time intensive. You know, process. Although okay. uh, recently, some people have been at, uh, attacking, <laughs> no pun intended, the attacking, recent attack, attack on, on Titan, Titan. <laughs> uh, episodes because the, the new studio handling it now apparently has been utilizing 3D for the, the Titans. The giant Titans. The, 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 yes. Yeah, I saw the, that. The, so, so, so most of the Titans we're seeing in the current season are all CG. All right. Now, obviously, the challenge is to blend it in such a way that it... You can't tell. You can't it doesn't look... Tell. I see. No, but uh, I'm one of the people who actually doesn't mind. I like how the Titans look. And whatever can save time for these artists, man. These guys really like... I just want more. more, more. (laughs) Yo, it got to a point, I think in the lockdown, I could not watch anything else but anime. And it's because of the way it's set up, 20 minutes per episode, 12 to Uh, 24 episodes per season. You can knock them out fast and there's like a large large library but it's su- too big just some of the netflix ones for him to watch. oh wow <laughs> tell me tell me which which one should i look out for oh on netflix yeah or um, anywhere let me see which anime should you watch out for kenga kenga nashra <laughs> do you like fighting there's some shit called which, it's called what kenga, kenga nashra netflix i've heard of it i haven't yeah, seen that, it. That's, actually, kenga that's actually Baki. my favorite it's one. just <laughs> tournament acts those two just like people beating themselves in gruesome ways uh-huh. and then um there's i think it's called the great pretender it's about a con man who moves from Tokyo to LA? So uh-huh. it's an anime set in LA. Oh, okay. um, but it's still wow. anime, full on anime. Uh huh. Um, then if you want, like, my top picks. Okay, still on Netflix. Is One Punch Man anime? Yeah, One Punch Man. Oh, that anime. was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> one Punch Man is philosophical. Season one. Oh, <laughs> that's a I, I didn't see season two. I, this is season two, the only yeah. the first one. The first one was crazy. Um, yeah, there's like a bunch of anime. Then there's, okay, this is a weirder one, but it's on Netflix. Um, 
It's called I forget the name, but it's like Puella Magica Madoka something. Oh like yeah, that. I've heard of that one. That one's crazy, and I recommend everyone to watch it. It's just like twelve episodes, I think, twenty minutes each, and you're done. But yeah. it's like a mind fuck. Mm. Like they absolutely. It's a okay. So like basically, it's about these young girls who are in like high school or like literally like primary school, and they're given these magical powers by this funny cat, and they're supposed to like now get magical powers and they fight witches, and like witches are these. It's crazy, but just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, but just bro, they, they're going to like the psychological <laughs> trauma of being like a magical girl and like what that means for <laughs> no, you, killing like, witches like, and like every day waking up. Oh, it's crazy because <laughs> people have no idea. They look at you know the colorful moving pictures and they think this is you know cartoon network low shit. level, <laughs> but but a lot of this stuff even kids probably shouldn't be watching. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's so mature and some of it has some gratuitous sexual innuendo. Yeah, no, bro, these days they're fucking. Place. These days are proper fucking. Proper sex. Uh, but uh, it's, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's like where I am at the moment. It's like, you know, I'll sit through. Um, you know, someone will introduce me. Oh, I'm watching this series. Which one? Uh, the Blacklist. Oh, I'm watching the latest thing that, that's downloaded. Power. Power or you know, and empire or whatever. I watch like I try and sit through an episode and I'm like, oh man. Uh, it ain't popping. Because you're just so accustomed as an anime viewer to just deep, well written characters, um, very intense mind bending plots. Very stimulating. Your mind so it's just uh it, I attribute that I attribute that to like you can only do so much with human beings. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. But in anime, you have you could literally do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. The guy can fly where they can be witches fighting girls, and it's literally like that, man. But mm. you see, the problem is even for the anime that doesn't have any of that. Like if it's just like just normal, basketball, normal, mm. like normal basket. things. Yeah, there's sports animes or just normal everyday slice of slice life. Of life. People are just walking around talking and just going to school or going, going to, to work. work. Uh, this drama. There's one one I'm watching now. Uh, it's of a woman that's in a. <laughs> she works at a radio station. <laughs> I think it yeah, this, this series came out last year. Uh and she she's actually trying to get a job as a radio presenter and obviously I'm like like there's an anime for everything. <laughs> for literally everything. <laughs> and I normally like to okay, now I have the benefit of understanding Japanese. So I watched the shit. Yeah. So I watched I watched it in the plain language. Without, without the subtitles. Yeah, without. How did you learn? Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck is I going grew up on? in Japan. I was born in Japan. Oh. oh. I lived there for about 10 years. So, yeah, I, I can understand the language. That explains, that hey. explains why you like anime so much. <laughs> yeah, so now for... <laughs> Do you want to go to Japan and be born there? <laughs> okay, please. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, um, but, but you'd really rather watch it subtitled than dubbed because um, I think the voice actors are a lot more compelling. That used to be the case till Netflix. When Netflix came up, Netflix Netflix is predominantly like an English speaking like platform. Mm. So when they got into anime heavily, yeah. they really upped the dubs. So ah, these okay. days I am very comfortable watching either in Japanese yeah. or English as long as it's on Netflix. Like Netflix you can trust the quality. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh well that's good. I just find uh in a lot of dubs that the dialogue is so corny. <laughs> <laughs> the pronunciation yeah. of things I'm like what man. is going on? Bro, the American yeah. characters always <laughs> kill me. They, <laughs> they put the over butcher in the black American yeah. characters. They <laughs> oh my god, man. It's but Naruto yeah. must, might have the worst dubs. Yeah, it was the yeah. worst. Also, there are so many, you guys. So many dubs with that. Bro, have you seen that the Nigerians are also now doing dubs? Like, they'll be 
be a Nigerian doing a dub for like an anime thing. In PG. In PG. I oh. see. <laughs> <laughs> nah, please send me that link. I have to see that. That's just so late. I may go super move. Yeah. And you know, you how? And you guys are on YouTube. Yeah. YouTube anime community is just insane. Um, you know, people either responding to series or episodes, or doing reviews, or doing just just talking about anime. There's so many cool channels there of guys. Doing but those things. guys, I remember last year they went through a lot of shit. They started taking down all their content. Yeah, uh, because YouTube, uh, obviously, the I think copyright. It's copywritten because uh, it, those dudes literally get the episode and upload it and then react to it. <laughs> put it in a small corner. <laughs> bro, Naruto channels with like a million subs went down. Yeah, 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 bro. Wow, all of them. They didn't miss any of them. Sad, yeah, but they I know. just do it the way everyone else does it. Well, you're watching it, but the camera is on you, and you're <laughs> reacting with and guys, you're wearing, and you're wearing glasses, glasses. Yeah. Yeah. thick shades. So they can like see. Yeah. <laughs> well, the saddest thing about being an anime fan is is to just um, is to just not be able to watch anything with your girlfriend. Um, because obviously, <laughs> I'm sure it's been your experience. The girls we date aren't really into this stuff. What Bro, is that? Like, we have what is there's so many anime girls. Yeah. 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 So so many many girls. Are they are they there? Yeah, so they, uh, many, man. That's what so I've only known like two girls that are like super. Like I met them and they were actually already into it. I've never. Yeah. And, and you know, I might date uh, some one or two that might act like they like it. But usually that's just because they're trying to get close. You know, girls do that. They like to mirror uh, what you like. Uh, they'll listen to your same music. They'll love your f- same football club. And then when they break up with you and they date a new guy, it's like and then they mimic all of his interests. All of a sudden, she was with you, she was a Liverpool fan. Now no, she's, she's a Chelsea fan. What happened? So, yeah. Um, so some may pretend to sit through a couple of anime, you know, uh, for you until they break up with you and then they're like dude <laughs> fuck man, I now, <laughs> now she hates it cause <laughs> like, no, so you gotta be careful but yes the legit female anime lovers are very few of, of late I've been finding That's, a few yeah. a couple a couple Same. of like female anime lovers who actually sit down and then they school me in anime what? they're watching all these shows I have no idea about what yeah man I've met I think like Two or three since like post COVID, like in the, like the last two. And I'm so. sure it's not the same two or three that yeah. I. <laughs> it might yeah. probably be. But uh, they're not usually super cute, are they? No, they are. Yeah, like, they are. What? Bro. Like, really? <laughs> bro, like. like they actually have really? super cute. Yo, 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 yo. That thing was, was mind blowing, right? Man. Well, I need to hang around you guys a little more. (laughs) (laughs) Get get introductions. (laughs) Yo, Fat Boy, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, It's been great being here. You guys are doing something awesome. Thank you. Um, That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much. You've been an awesome guest. Yep. Thank you. All right. Um, uh, where can people follow you, by the way? Uh, rxradio.ug is uh, the address. You know, that's my radio station. That's where you can find us. Uh, so please, if you enjoy what you hear, uh, feel free to subscribe uh, because uh, we we would appreciate that. We that kind of support helps us to continue to do what we're doing, and we're trying to do incredible things over there. Uh, and so, yeah, we hope uh, you listen and you enjoy and you tell your friends about it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Nice, 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 nice. <laughs> 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 I'm on sound duty today. <laughs> All right, like this video if you enjoyed. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Google Podcasts. Thank you guys so much for watching. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Till next time, peace. Peace.